moment, but like a sign of surrender, really. And let's invite him to have his way tonight. Father, I thank you for every person in the room tonight. Every life. And Father, above all of that, I thank you that you're in the room tonight. We thank you for your presence, Holy Spirit. We honour you and we give you praise tonight. And our desire is that you would rest on every person. Father, my prayer tonight is that when people leave this this place, every person would be able to say, I connected with God, I sensed God, I heard the voice of God tonight. In some way, there would be a personal connection with you. So Father, it's our privilege to give you this time. Push the stuff that crowds our minds to the left and to the right. We do our best to turn our attention your way this evening that you would move in every person's life. Father, right from the outset, we declare that no sickness is ours. In Jesus' name, we are healed. Father, no problems that come our way will overcome us because you are greater. You are more powerful. So Father, we take this moment again to hand you our lives, hand you our cares, hand you the worries, the pressure of exams, you are greater. And I ask that you would honour every person tonight as we spend time with you. You'd honour with clarity of mind and exams this week. That sickness would flee. That troubles would be diminished to either totally gone or manageable. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it is so good to be with you. Had the privilege of being all around the place lately. I was in Raglan and Activate Church. You can take a seat if you'd like to. At Activate Church in Raglan this morning. That was great. Then last week I was in Melbourne for the weekend. That was great as well. But there's nowhere quite like home. So it's great to be here. So a very warm welcome if you're uh, with us for the first or second time. It's great to have you here. If you are visiting with us today or you're new, can I encourage you at the end of the meeting, just at the back, there's a table and uh, there'll be some white bags on it. Help yourself to a white bag. There's a card in there. You can fill out information, etc. If we can do anything to help you in your journey, we would love to do that. So that would be good. Has anyone had a birthday or a wedding anniversary in this last week? It's Ruby's today. Today. You have to come. Have to have another chocolate. Who else has had a birthday this last week? Not looking at anyone in particular. Jay. Any wedding anniversaries? No wedding anniversaries. Jump up on your feet. We're going to declare God's blessing over these two wonderful young people. Right, here we go. Father, thank you for your family. We declare blessing, health, favour, prosperity, purpose and protection over them this year. Activate your love and goodness through each one. In Jesus' name, amen. Happy birthday, guys. Awesome. That's great. Well, there's a couple of things I need to tell you about for the next couple of weeks coming up. The first is on the 25th of November, we have our Volunteers Day. So if you help out in any area of church life at all, this day is for you. We want to say a big thank you. 
to you. And so that's on the 25th of September, which is a Saturday. You need to have your RSVP in by the 19th of November so that we can cater well for you. But we would love you to be there. If you volunteer in any way at all, it would be great to have you there. So we say a big thank you. The other one is on the 26th of November, which is not next weekend, but the weekend after. It is, we're celebrating Thanksgiving as a church. We do it every year, saying thank you to God for another year, for everything that He's done in that year. So it's a combined gathering in the morning, 10 a.m., followed by lunch. So you'll just have to be here to find out, won't you, Owen? So we're all going to gather together at 10 a.m. on the 26th, then follow that up with lunch. It'll be worth staying. If your name's Owen, it'll definitely be worth staying. And uh, that'll be great. Fantastic. Hey, thanks, team. How about jumping to your feet again, and we're going to continue in our worship. Hello again. Feel free to take some space. Don't just sit or stand, sorry, where you are standing, but come out. Um, today we had this thought of us being purposed towards God and connecting, but Him always reaching down to us and always being purposed towards us in our lives as well. So what He He wants for us and what He thinks about us and what He or how much he loves us all the time as well. We thought it would be really awesome to ponder on that thought and sing some of these songs together. Walking around these walls. Walking around these walls. I thought by now they'd fall. But you have never failed me yet Waiting for change to Promise still stands great. 
to me.
real sense tonight that God wants to lift fear and anxiety off people. Fear and anxiety. If that's you, can I ask you to do something which may cause fear and anxiety? <laughs> just come down the front here. Just, just for a moment. There's no judgment or anything. just want to pray with you. Because I believe God wants to lift it off people tonight. If you're struggling with fear and anxiety. great that you're struggling with it, but it's great that you're real about it. Dan and Ray and Simon, could you come and any other leaders I can't see, Nairi? Can you sing that song through again? Let me read just as we sing from 1 Peter 5 and verse 7, it says, Pour out all of your worries and stress upon me and leave them there. For he always tenderly cares for you. Pour out. While you're standing here, why don't you just name before God what you're stressed about, what you're anxious about. Just call it for what it is. Allow him to lift it off you tonight.
gentlemen in the back of the stage, Tyler, Aram, and Luke. Prophesy over them. There's a significant call of God on each of your lives. And I just really sense that God wants to speak into it tonight. So. doing that, let's turn our attention to Jesus and come on, enjoy being in His presence tonight. It's something to be highly valued, highly treasured. We can come into His presence anytime, anywhere. Holy Spirit, I ask you to be speaking to people now. It's a great privilege to have Chris and Andy Harding with us, and uh, they have been associated with this church for a long, long time, and uh, in fact, you never know, they might have been children's church, you, you might have been with when Chris was leading children's church, and you may know them well, and their journey's taken them all over the place, doing all sorts of things, and um, we've had the privilege of supporting them as I've served in OMF, isn't it? I've got that right, OMF. Uh, 
and Chris has been heading that up in the country and uh, her season there's come to an end and I'm not quite sure what the next season looks like for you but it's great to have you with us today and um, it's a real it's been a great privilege to walk with you guys over the years and and before you come we want to say thank you for everything you've put it into the life of this church and the people who call this place home so thank you so much can we give them a big hand that would be really good fantastic it's great to have you with us today Chris is going to come and share the word of God with us tonight so why don't you come and don't sit down yet and give her another hand as she comes it'll be fantastic brilliant welcome Sheridan, I was thinking some of you probably weren't born when we first came to Eastside. 1994, who was born? That's you. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so it is indeed really exciting to be with you tonight. Looked forward to this. And um, as Sheridan said, we've come to an end of this particular season in our lives. I know I look really, really old, but I'm... I'm Reckon I've still got some more seasons in front of me. Um, as Sheridan said, I'm stepping down as National Director of OMF. You probably haven't heard of OMF. Um, started by a great man called Hudson Taylor. And when he was about your age, he started living by faith and praying in money. And he saw God do great miracles. Hudson Taylor started the China Inland Mission in 1865. Um, so it's a long time ago, but OMF is still very current and very up-to-date. And we work in East Asia. So if you see a map in your mind's eye, it's right from Japan over North Korea. We, we um, encourage prayer for North Korea, China, um, Philippines, right through down Singapore, Thailand, all um, Indonesia. By the way... Mentioning North Korea, often for Christians in New Zealand, out of sight, out of mind, there are about 80,000, 80,000 Christians in prison just because they're Christians. Please pray for your brothers and sisters in North Korea. There is a, a church in North Korea, a suffering church. It's the worst place in the world to be a Christian. So pray for your brothers and sisters in North Korea. It's all we can do for them at the moment, for them to know that people in New Zealand are praying for them. Pray for them. Anyway, I want to thank you for your partnership over the last nine years. I thanked the two morning services, and I want to thank you for your partnership over the last nine years. I hope tonight will encourage you, because I've really just got a simple message, and it's this. God is not looking for superstars, just those who are willing to be consistent in the ordinary. I was sharing this morning how ordinary I feel, and I am very ordinary. I heard somewhere on the news in the last couple of weeks that Jacinda Ardern was voted in high school the most likely to be prime minister. I don't know whether anyone else heard that. Yeah, so it's true. I didn't imagine it. Um, you know, 
if they had done a vote on me as a leader, I would have been the least likely. Honestly, I'm not exaggerating. Because I was just an ordinary, quiet girl that shrunk into the background. Um, I've learned, however, over the years, that if we are willing, God can use the very least likely people. And he can use those whose faith is very, very small to make a difference. Now, this morning, I started talking about Gideon. We look at him, and we think, wow, this great man of faith. But initially, he was quite the opposite. Just to, just to set the scene, we're talking tonight out of the book of Judges. And Judges is a st- records the history of Israel, seven cycles of seven years. And as I said this morning, a cycle went something like this. God was blessing them. They worshipped God. There was a good relationship. But they became spiritually complacent and turned away from God into eventually outright idolatry. They worshipped Baal and other gods. Horrendous. Child sacrifice. Those kinds of things. So they were in outright sin. Their enemies then came and took them over and there was a time of great suffering. During the suffering, they said, God, help us. And so God raised up a leader, a judge, who would then come and deliver them. And then there would be a time of peace and they would worship God, they would be blessed. Then they would turn away from God and sin. You know the story. So Judges, the book of Judges, is set seven cycles of seven years. So the problem people in Gideon's time were the Midianites. They came in and they would take all the food, the animals, what they didn't need, they destroyed and killed anyone in their way. So it was quite a time of suffering. And um, as I said before, God's people were crying out for help. The previous person who had delivered them was Deborah. And so here they were, back in the same, the foot of the same mountain again, crying out for help. God enters Gideon's situation when Gideon is hiding away in a wine press in a hole in the ground. He's hiding away, shaking out of fear. And God visits him and he calls a leader into being. You see, Gideon believes that God has abandoned him. He believes that God has abandoned all of Israel. But God seeks Gideon out. He clearly speaks to him and he gives him a job to do. God clearly gives him directions. And I spoke this morning out of Judges 6, and God says to Gideon, here's Gideon shaking in the hole, and he says, go in the strength you have and save Israel out of Midian's hand. I am with you. And then Gideon argues with God, you've got it wrong, God. I am the wrong person. I'm so insignificant. You must have made a mistake. God says it again in verse 16. Go, I am with you. In fact, he says it three times. I am with you. Well, Gideon pushes back on God again, and he asks for a sign. And then he gets a bit braver, and he summons all the troops around Israel, from around Israel. And then he pushes back on God and says, Ooh, I want a fleece. 
Have you heard the term putting out a fleece? Well, Gideon does it twice. Now, an interesting fact here, did you know that the act of putting out a fleece was actually involved in idol worship? It's an act of divination. Isn't that interesting? So we, we, we read it very much through Western eyes, and we don't understand a lot of the background, but actually putting out a fleece was what was done in idol worship. So it was Gideon's attempt to manipulate God to change his mind so that Gideon wouldn't have to do what God was asking. So I'm not going to talk about putting out fleeces anymore. Apparently, Gideon was a man of, of natural ability, but he just could not believe God. He just couldn't believe that God would do what he'd promised. He couldn't believe God would use him. It's hard to trust someone you don't know, isn't it? Yep. Very hard to trust someone you don't know. Gideon did not know the God of Israel. He didn't know the God who had revealed himself through their history. His relationship was very second-hand. He'd heard it from others. He didn't know God's word, so he struggled to trust him. And I wonder tonight if some of us struggle. Well, we all struggle at times to trust God, don't we? But I wonder if getting to know his word better would be a good way forwards in being able to trust God more. Anyway, in Gideon's story, we see that God in his sovereignty is gracious and gentle, and he stoops to answer Gideon's signs. God does what Gideon asks. Whether they were good or bad, God in his mercy answers Gideon. And you know, I give God the glory that despite my small faith, my fear that he called me into the role I've been in the, in the last nine years. It's been an incredible privilege. I've been the New Zealand-based adequate um, advocate of some amazing men and women who serve in some really challenging, really challenging and dangerous places. And you have supported me. You have supported us. You've supported me in keeping home site operations going and, and caring for them and sending out others. Thank you. And I trust that you see your investment has been worth it. Because I feel that your investment has been well invested in God's kingdom. And I was telling this morning, um, the services this morning, that you, together with me, we have collaborated to see that many, many unreached East Asians have heard the gospel for the first time and are being discipled. We've done it together. And I want to thank you for that. And I was just, you know, as I was speaking this morning, I was saying, you might not know their names. I don't know all their names. But one day in heaven, you'll catch up on some of these stories. We did it together. So thank you. So when God called Gideon, Gideon looked at his own resources and he was scared he would fail. And so that's why he pushed back on God. I've got this great quote here. Hudson Taylor, you've heard of Hudson Taylor, I've just told you. He said, many Christians estimate difficulty in the light of their own resources and thus they attempt very little and they always fail. 
all giants have been weak men who did great things for God because they reckoned on his power and presence to be with him. Now, Hudson Taylor was not being sexist there. He included in those days men and women. He was actually a leader above, ahead of his time. He sent women into the hardest places if they wanted to go. So he wasn't sexist in that way. So what can we learn from Gideon's story that will help us in our lives in 2018? I mean, this man Gideon, a curious mix of ability, leadership ability, faithlessness, and doubt. So I'm finishing off an incredibly humbling season of ministry, hard work, and a small sense of having made a difference. And I'm talking to you tonight because I know that you want to make a difference. I know that you want your lives to count, that the world will be a different place because you lived. So let's dive into Judges chapter 7. If you've got your Bibles, open them. Judges chapter 7. So early the next morning, starting at verse 1, Judges 7, 1. Early the next morning... Gideon and his army got up and moved their camp to Fear Spring. Here we are. The Midian camp was to the north at the valley of the foot of Mora Hill. And the Lord said, Gideon, your army is too big. Now let's go back and revisit the stats. So can anyone remember how big the Midianite army was? 130, thanks Simon. Don't answer the next one, okay? 135,000. Any idea how much, how many in the Israelite army? Oh, not, not, up, not up to that figure. That's next. 32,000. That's because you were here this morning, Ray. But anyway, I'm glad you're listening to that. Okay. So we've got 135,000, 32,000. God's saying, Gideon, your army's too big odds there. I can't let you win with this many soldiers. The Israelites would think that they'd won the battle all by themselves and that I didn't have anything to do with it. So call your troops together. Tell them that anyone who's really afraid can leave Mount Gilead and go home. 22,000 left him. 22,000 returned home, leaving Gideon with only 10,000 soldiers. Gideon, the Lord said, you still have too many soldiers. Take them down to the spring and I'll test them. I'll tell you which ones can go along with you and which ones must go back home. When Gideon led his army down to the spring, the Lord told him, watch how each man gets a drink of water, then divide them into two groups, those who lack the water like a dog and those who kneel down to drink. Wow. Wow. 300 men scooped the water in their hands and lapped it. And the rest knelt down to get a drink. The Lord said, Gideon, your army will be made up of everyone who lapped the water from their hands. Send the others home. I'm going to rescue Israel by helping you and your army of 300 defeat the Midianites. Well, <clears throat> then Gideon gave the orders, you 300 men stay here, the rest of you go home. 
but leave your food and trumpets with us. If you want to know about the food and trumpets, move on, uh, read on later when you get home. So what God is looking for in people can be summed up in two words, willing and able. Now there are four types of Christians. There are those who are not willing nor able. Now Israel was confronted with a huge problem. The world is confronted with many huge problems. Remember the army that came against them? Massive, 135,000. You could not even count the camels that they had. This is the first documented um, evidence of using camels in warfare, and they were fast. To come against this vast army, Gideon blew a trumpet and summoned men from all over northern Israel. And they came together. So 32,000 responded to the call. 32,000 were not all the men that were able to fight. There were more fighting men available. Many heard the trumpet, but they did not respond. They were not willing, and they were not prepared. They were not able. Now, they had everything to lose, just like everyone else, but they chose to stay home and let others fight the battle for them. They just didn't show up. Now, it's really easy for us to get too busy for God to use. Now, I'm not talking about going overseas, but just too busy to be available for God to use. Speaking for my, to myself here as well. Often when we're too busy, we can't respond to the opportunities that are in front of us. Cooking a meal for a sick person, sharing someone's journey, someone who's suffering, sharing their journey, just being light and salt in the places where we are, where we're studying or where we're working. Some of us have not responded to God's call to make disciples of all nations. Instead of obeying the Great Commission, there's a great omission in our lives. Now, we're not all called to go overseas, so you can sigh. Uh, Yep, Nairi always goes, phew. We are not all called to go overseas. But we are all called to be involved in God's world. We might be called to stay here, but just as we have two hands, we are all called to be involved here in Hamilton, in New Zealand, and there amongst the unreached. We're just not physically there. We can be involved there from a distance. And we're reminded daily on the news that the world is in a mess. And God is asking us to be part of the answer. Yes, we can, we can pray that God would rescue people. But that it also points back on us. How are we part of this answer? So many Christians, especially in New Zealand, are choosing to stay home in their heads. They're choosing not to get involved. They've got enough going on in their their backyard. So what I'm talking about here is a mindset, an internal attitude. They place themselves in the not willing, not able category. I've got another quote from good old Hudson Taylor. Christ is either Lord of all or he's not Lord at all. God's not looking for superstars. 
just those who are willing to be consistent in the ordinary. God can make you able if you are willing. So the second category of soldiers and the second category of Christians, those who are able but not willing. So again, the 32,000 that came to fight were no match for the enemy. But God wanted to make it really clear that this battle was going to be won through his strength, not theirs. And when given the choice, remember Gideon gave them choice. If they were scared, they could go. 22,000 went. That was 70, 70% of Gideon's army. Can you imagine what he must have felt like standing there? 70% of his army turning around and going home. Oh my goodness. The odds increased, decreased. Increased, decreased, decreased. Even though these guys had been summoned, even though they had shown up, their hearts weren't in it. They were not really committed to what they'd been called to do. They had other things to do. Perhaps they had things going on at home. Perhaps they were afraid. Perhaps they'd been hurt in the past and didn't want to get hurt again. Today in the church in New Zealand, there are many experienced, gifted, talented people that are just sitting on their gifts. Serving God for them ranks lowest or lower in their list of priorities. And if that's you tonight, God wants to give you a fresh vision of what a privilege it is to serve God. The best possible use of your life is to serve God in some way. God wants to see you defeat the enemy. So find a place of need and get involved. You know, don't always choose to serve where you're gifted to serve or you think you've got gifts to serve. serve. God may have some unexplored gifts and abilities that you might find. When I came here in 1994, they needed um, helpers in children's ministry. It wasn't my, my natural major passion, but it just, it was an area that needed help. So I put my hand up to serve. And you know what? I discovered that I like to teach there. I didn't know that before. So try different things. It opened up a whole different area of ministry. The third type of soldiers that Gideon was dealing with and the third type of Christians In New Zealand, those who are willing but not ready. Okay, so there were nearly 10,000, for those mathematicians, 9,700, who chose to fight, but they actually didn't get involved in the battle in the end. There are lots of ideas about why God separated, about how God separated out the men. You know, whether they put their faces down to drink or whether they cupped it up in their hands. I think that God was intentionally seeking out the trained soldiers because an experienced soldier is always looking out. And so if you put your face into the water, you cannot see. But if you bring the water up to drink, you can see. So they were ready. They were ready for anything. 
Willingness is an essential element in serving God, but it needs to be combined with development, ability. So training, equipping is essential. These 10,000 were willing, but they needed training. God subtracted to make Gideon strong. He needed to send them away. And discipleship is the process by which inexperienced people are transformed into workers for Christ. So I want you to make a decision. Determine, decide that you will always be on a journey of growing. Always growing, always um, looking for new new experiences. That's a discipleship journey. See, all of life is a training ground. You know, I still see God training me now for whatever's in the future. And when I look back, you know, my time at Bible college, um, service and burnout in Japan, I was talking a bit about that this morning, even cleaning toilets at midnight at a vet's camp. Now, none of you were on very, vets were very early teens, that's the form one and two age group that I used to take on camps. They've all, oh, yes, Micah. You're the only one here, eh? I won't mention whether they were the girls' toilets or the boys' toilets I was cleaning at midnight. But all those experiences train you. And God uses everything you ever do and ever go through. Every experience you go through is powerful if you put it back in God's hands. So the fourth type of soldier and the fourth type of Christian, those who are willing and able. Now the few that remained, the 300 that remained, were willing and they were able. They were available. With this tiny group, God was able to defeat this massive enemy and win the victory. Now willing and able does not mean a lack of fear. And it's interesting that Pastor Sheridan um, issued a call for that tonight. Often we do feel fear. And it's great how God dealt with Gideon's fear. God told Gideon that if he was fearful, go sneak into the enemy camp and just have a look. And we can see Gideon must have been fearful because he did that. He snuck into the enemy camp and he listened he heard two soldiers over, um, overheard two soldiers talking. One was telling the other of a dream he had. And then the one who was listening said, Wow, this can be nothing other than the sword of Gideon, son of Joash. God has given the Midianites, us, the whole camp, into his hands. Whoa, they were scared. And so Gideon saw an open door. He rushes back. galvanizes the men into action, and they won an incredible victory. Read about it. Amazing what they did. Now, Gideon and his puny army of 300 were not the reason they won. It was God at work. Sometimes God needs to strip everything away Everything else that we would trust in, he needs to take that away before he can use us. And so even though you might sense God 
is asking you to serve him. It's normal to be fearful sometimes. And there have been times when I have been fearful, but God always encourages me. And it, we see from this passage, passage tonight, he kept on telling it in, I am with you, I am with you, I am with you. So God speaks into your fear, and he says, I am with you. Isn't that amazing? I love the way that God encouraged Gideon through a dream. And you're probably aware that there are people experiencing significant dreams all over the world, but especially in East Asia, in Muslim East Asia, Southeast Asia, where there are no believers. And I heard the wonderful story of a man named Sami. Now, he lives in South Thailand, which is a very strong Muslim area. I visited there a few years ago, and there was, I'm not exaggerating, a soldier on every street corner with a machine gun because there's often violence there, and we don't hear about it on the news. But anyway, Sami dreamed that he fell, so he's Muslim, he dreamed that he fell down to hell. And when he was down in hell suffering, a man dressed in white came and lifted him out. And he said, as I walked over a bridge on the way out, I almost fell, but this man in white held me. I thought it was the prophet Muhammad. A few years after he had this dream, a friend told him about Isa, Jesus. And they showed him a video about a lady who had a dream of Isa. And the man in that video was the man, this is, this is Sami talking, the man in that video was the man that rescued me in my dream. I just hadn't known who he was. And so Sami says, I've become Isa, Jesus' follower. Before my prayers were never answered, but when I pray in the name of Isa, my prayers are answered. There are stories like that all over the world, particularly in Southeast Asia. Isn't that amazing? So it's, a, it's wonderful to finish this season of my life knowing that God is at work. And God has taken me on a challenging and amazing journey. And I am no leadership superstar. And I've struggled with challenges. But I have prayed that God would use me in my ordinariness. See, God is looking for people who are willing and able to serve. Gideon had potential, but he lacked faith and trust in God, and God changed him. Now listen to this. God does not leave us wallowing in our potential. When we step out and are available to him to be used, his work is done, and he is glorified. Hudson Taylor, I used to ask God to help me. Then I asked if I might help him. I ended up by asking him to do his work through me. 
You are purposed. You have a purpose and you live for a purpose. You live with purpose. You are purposed. So if you remember nothing else tonight, God is not looking for superstars, so relax if you're not one. Just those who are willing to be consistent in the ordinary, those who are willing and able and available to him to be used. Let's pray together. Just in the quietness and in God's presence, just focus in on Jesus. Just still your mind, quieten your spirit. And just for a few minutes, in his presence, ask yourself these two questions. Lord, how do you want me to respond to this? And Lord, what do you need to subtract to make me strong? How do you want me to respond? What do you need to subtract to make me strong? Lord, I love the way that you love us and call us. We don't have to be anyone special, yet we are special. We're created in your image, but we don't have to be extraordinarily talented to be used by you. You just ask us to be willing and able, available, consistent in what you show us to do. Thank you for what you have spoken to us in the quietness of our hearts this evening. Help us to hold on to your word and to walk into it. Lord, I pray your richest blessing on every person here tonight. I pray especially for the younger people that they would see that investing their lives in your purpose is the best decision they could make. So I pray fruitfulness over their lives. I pray, Lord, that they would serve you, whether it's cleaning toilets at midnight or playing musical instruments or sharing the journey with someone who's hurting. Lord, may they be fruitful. I pray that this place, this church community would be fruitful and would never lack any resource they need to do what you're calling them to do. I pray your blessing on everyone who comes through these doors in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Thank you. Great message. Thank you. Hey, we've got an, uh, potentially an opportunity next year for you if you are willing but not yet ready in partnership with Vision College, we're starting Activate College. 
and Activate College next year is a one-year one full-time course and the, it's all about being discipled, it's all about being made ministry ready 